Hello and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Each week, we bring you fascinating guests that are involved in the profession of surveying. We cover a lot of ground, including table lay talk with Gary Kent, point of order with the NSPS Joint Government Affairs Team, future focus, highlighting current and future leaders of the profession, and everything survey-related in between. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Surveyor Says. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NSPS podcast series, Surveyor Says. I don't say that nearly as eloquently as Tim Birch does, but nonetheless, um, you're Welcome to be joined. Uh, welcome you to join us today. This is your host, Kurt Sumner, of course. And uh, today I have uh, a great honor to have another one of my wonderful friends from NSPS and someone who's been active in our organization for a long time and in a state organization as well. Um, and when I say he's from Michigan, people will say, wow, there's another one of those Michigan guys because we've had such great leadership come out of the state. So, uh, it's uh, it's great to have you with me today, Craig Amy, uh, current NSPS secretary. Thanks for uh, agreeing to be with me. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. And of course, you know, I wasn't just kidding about that leadership thing with with Michigan. We I, at my count, we have what, one, two, three, four, five, six, I think. Um, presidents of NSPS from Michigan over the years. That's impressive. Starting out and, with Paul uh, Lapham. <laughs> Yeah, Paul Lapham, I, I believe he was the first president of NSPS. He was. So, yeah. And, and unfortunately, he just passed away here just uh, about a month ago. He certainly did. I, I saw that and was, was sad to hear it. One of the cool things right. about continuing to stay involved, like I have with this job now, is I, I get a chance to talk to all those guys uh, from time right. to time. And, of course, they were people that I looked up to. When when I first oh, came yeah. along, and uh, but it's it is an amazing thing, and there are some other states who have had more than one president of NSPS, of course, and and several right. quite a few, but I I didn't find any states that had more, um, and then we talked about Mr. Finn, uh, who who keeps hanging in there with us, and you know he's now right. sort of a uh, advisor to us on the financial side. He was our treasurer sure. even after he was president. Uh, which is a little unique to have people keep coming back and after the presidency, because a lot of people look at right. the pinnacle, you know, and then I'm done. So. Right. And then that's that's unfortunate on that one particular note. Uh, in my my perspective, when I was state president, then I was off the board. It seemed to me that like there was a void that I had been so active and so involved in the organization, which really gives you a lot of insight in what your profession really is doing and what's happening in your profession. When you get off that, you become just a small island, just working on your own in your office, uh, doing whatever you do, but you don't really have a good grasp of the entire profession. And I miss that. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and people, I mentioned John, uh, the other John, John Matanich, of course, right. stayed with us for a long, long time in our government affairs. And and he was he was great at that. You know, John's big booming voice. People listen when he talks. And right. Um, I, I president in 2001. Yeah. Uh, I, pardon me. No, I said yes. I attended a 
the meeting, the ACSM meeting, which was in Las Vegas. And I really wasn't sure if I wanted to be really involved with ACSM. I didn't really understand uh, what it did and what its impact was, what its potential was, until I sat down and listened to John Matanich's government re uh, affairs report. And I said, I have got to be a part of this. And I walked right over to, there was a booth there where you could sign up. I walked right over and said, okay, I have not been an ACSM member till now. Now I'm a member. This is, this yeah, I have to support this stuff. So. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, that's such a good point to make is that a lot of folks don't understand how important, important it is for everybody who's in the profession to support their local state and national organization. Right. Uh, there's so many things going on that we, we need help with in a lot of different ways, even if it's just support, but that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's really critical. And, um, sometimes it's, you hear people say, well, what's the organization doing for me? Well, the truth is we're working our butt off. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> trying to do yeah. everything we can to, to make things better for the profession and for the people we serve. Obviously, it's, it's about us, but it's about how we better serve. So, Right. That, that, It'd be a much different world without NSPS. Well, I, getting on a little bit different track, um, one of the things that came up when you and I were chatting about you coming on and maybe even before was this idea that here's this, this guy from your part of the country, and then I hear about his experiences surveying in Alaska. Yes, sir. And so I was pretty intrigued with that, actually. Um, I've, I know a lot of guys in Alaska, obviously. And, of course, you know Amanda, yeah. our, our current VP, sure. worked up there for a long time. A lot of good folks from there. But um, I, I'm just curious, what was it like for going from Michigan? I mean, well, maybe the weather's the same a lot of the time. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. no I, <laughs> I, was, I was up there for two summers. Um through the, working with the Bureau of Land Management, and it was an awesome opportunity. It's one of those things that I would recommend for anybody in this profession to do this. It's, it's an opportunity that's available during college, and it really uh, allows you to do something that you may never be able to do the rest of your life. When you get out of school, you get, you get a full-time job, you get a family, you get a house. You can't take off and go to Alaska for six months. But uh, I was interested, so I tried it. My first summer, I was, well, I said summer, but I went up there in May and uh, worked until October. Uh, it was cold. Uh, I remember we were, we were living in tents on a gravel runway in an Indian village called Togiak, which was, excuse me, Twin Hills. It was the dry part of Togiak, which was across the bay. But we um, lived in tents with fuel oil heaters, but we had no stovepipe. But and every day we would get shipment of new food or food or supplies that would come out, and we kept saying, give us stovepipe or freeze. And I'm wearing my down vest, my down coat, and going to sleep in my down sleeping bag and still freezing. Uh, and we, they promised one day they'd send out our stovepipe. Instead, they sent out like 20 cases of pop. It's great. I mean, we're all trying to figure out how can we fashion stovepipe out of pop. We're freezing our butts off. But no, it, was, it was an awesome experience. Um, the original surveys of Alaska are still not done. They probably won't be finished in my lifetime. But I had the opportunity 
my second summer to work on those original surveys. So I have set original corners, which uh, I think is really cool. I, there's not a lot of surveyors that had an opportunity to set original corners. Uh, so it was really a great experience. Um, first summer we were, well, my first job, I should mention that, uh, <clears throat> when I got on location was uh, digging a latrine, which I started to really doubt my career choice at that moment because it's, it's permafrost. You have to use an ice spud to dig down through six feet of permafrost, which is basically concrete, so that um, you would have the necessary facilities for the remainder of the summer. Uh, yeah, I was really second guessing and then. I <laughs> thought I was gonna be a, a forester and I think I was thinking maybe that was the better move, but it, it, it worked out really well. It was really an awesome experience. Yeah, I remember not too, year, not too long ago, I can't remember how many years it was, but there was a discussion going on at that point in time, and I honestly don't remember what facilitated the discussion, but it was related to this original corners thing um, moving forward in Alaska. Right. And it was talk about, okay, we got to get all those done. And I have to assume that that conversation comes up every now and then. Uh, but it does, yeah. Thinking about trying to undertake something like that is not even fathomable. In, right. Because you think about it, and then you think about, good gracious, how big is this place? Well, yeah, when it, it has uh, five prime meridians, so it most states have one or none, and this one has five, so it's huge, and it, it is it's very rugged. It, a lot of the uh, places that are easy to get to have been surveyed. It's just the the more remote reaches that you have to get to. Um, the second summer, for instance, we were staying really nice location uh, down in the Kenai, Kenai Peninsula in this town of Homer. Get up in the morning, we stayed at a hotel, so it was very nice, but right on the edge of the strip, right out on the uh, Bering Sea, basically. Get up out of our hotel room, walk down the beach a little bit and jump in a helicopter and take a trip across the bay to these mountains, very, very high, very rugged mountains, and that's where we surveyed all day long. So it's is very cool. And, you know, oddly enough, though, I'm thinking, boy, this is remote. Nobody's ever been here before. And then you trip over a beer can. There's <laughs> always a beer can everywhere you go. But but it's, uh, it was really an awesome experience. Uh, and it, I can see how I know they want to accelerate the process by calculating coordinates and not actually setting corners. Uh, which is what we were doing. That was our job, was to set, basically set corners. Uh, but you got to have the corners. You, you, you got to, you can't just do coordinates, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. And that becomes part of the issue, of course, is that that's a physical activity. So, so you're going to have to deal with that. So right. Having gone through that experience, was that during? You said it was during school. So, when when you came back the last time and realized, okay, now it's time to go to work here. You mm -hmm. had to have picked up some good lessons that apply. Absolutely. Um, I think the, probably the biggest lesson that I learned uh, while working in Alaska, and I also spent a, a summer in Colorado uh, retracing original surveys, uh, but more so in Alaska. They fly, would fly us in a helicopter out to a location and we would be out there all day long on our own. There, there's nobody around. There's nobody to help you do anything. 
you got a job to do and you just have to do it. Uh, in, the, in the first year, we weren't doing sectionalized surveys. We were doing uh, native claims surveys. We're doing 160 acre surveys. And you, they helicopter drop you off and you'd have to walk. No matter what you, was ahead of you, you had to walk through that. The phrase that I picked up was, there's nothing to it but to do it. There were times I said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to walk through this area. It's too nasty. Uh, I can see a bunch of dead fish along this river. I know bear around in this area. I just don't want to do it. But you just got in your mind, say, OK, forget all that. There's nothing to it but to do it. Just do it. And that's something I've carried through my whole career. There, You run into things, whether I'm working um, here in Detroit or working someplace where it's remote, that you just don't want to do it. You just don't want to. But I recall back to those days uh, when I was in an environment where I had no option. I had to do it. And you just do it, you get it done, and then it's behind you. So that's probably the biggest lesson I learned. And I guess you have uh, to look at it from the perspective of can what I've got to do now actually be harder or or maybe worse than what I had to do once before? <laughs> so That's exactly right, yeah. We had to walk across areas in the first first uh, year that I was there, first summer I was there, uh, we were in a, a delta area, a river delta area, and there were areas that had been lakes or something, don't, I don't really know, but they would overgrow with this moss that you could walk on, but you couldn't stop because it was breaking beneath your feet, and it was just nothing but water beneath you. And there was nobody there to pull you out if you fell in. And we're carrying, the EDM was a, like a 40-pound pack, just the EDM all by itself. Uh, but as you start walking, you knew you had to walk across it. It was scary because you could feel all the, the moss breaking beneath your feet, and you just had to keep moving. If you stopped, you, you went through. And you knew you had to do it. You didn't want to do it, but you just didn't got it over with. So um, I don't do a whole lot of surveys uh, that get me into, in an environment such as that here in the Detroit area. Um, but you do get into predicaments where hey, I don't want to do this, but say, okay, I did that stuff in Alaska. I got through that. Nothing to it but to do it. Yeah, and talking with you over time, um, seems like where you are now, I don't know exactly all that happened between then and today, but in your situation now, uh, you're in a similar circumstance from the perspective that that you cover a lot of different bases as a surveyor, as as a lot of us have done in our careers. And I'm always a little, I don't know, surprised probably isn't the right word, but I, I talk to people sometimes and they've done, you know, this thing their entire career instead of all these yeah. things during their career. Right. Uh, it, it's worked out well for me. Uh, three days after college, I started with this firm. So that's, this is my 35th year with the firm. Wow. And we are about 40 miles north of Detroit, which is right about the area. I can I can go south and get into very urban environments, which is really interesting. Surveys, uh, a lot of private claim surveys uh, from back in 1810 that I'm retracing, which for our brethren in the uh, the original colony states, of course, they go back further than that. But for us, that's pretty cool. Or I can turn and go the other way out of my office and uh, be out in the middle of uh, big woods so that yeah, I, won't, I won't see anybody all day long. So it's a neat opportunity there to deal with a variety of surveys, plus our blend of 
municipal clients and private clients really exposes us to a whole variety of jobs. I'm but, just curious, I, you and I talked earlier about things we've done and mm -hmm. name a type of survey that I've probably been involved in it one way or another. Um, right. I, I'm curious about where we are right now and with the economic situation we have and what have you. Is is there still a lot of uh, private development going, like uh, subdivisions and those kind of things? I know there are municipal type projects and those kind of things. Right. Um, but I'm just curious if you're seeing any change in that side in the in the private sector or individual survey side. Yeah, here here in Michigan, what we've seen a change is we don't do subdivisions much anymore. When I first started, we were doing subdivisions. We probably have 10 or 15 in play at any one time. We haven't done maybe two or three in the last 10 years. We're doing condominiums now. Ah. That's that's the big move. Uh, gets stakes in the ground a whole lot faster than what a subdivision does in clients. It's like that. Developers like that. Uh, and it's picking up. It is, it's not like it was in our heyday maybe 10 years ago. But after the recession, things really slowed down in the uh, residential market. But it's picking up. We're we're staying steady with uh, private development work. The housing industry is definitely coming back. Condominiums, we do quite a few of those now. Yeah, I did a, several of those. I, when you said condominiums, anytime I hear that word, it brings back this one project. It was actually on a university campus. Okay. And there were buildings or just actually it was just off campus. It was in apartment buildings mm -hmm. facilitating the, you know, the, the housing for the campus. And one of my clients bought these units and was turning them into condos. So obviously you had to go in and measure all the walls and what have you. Right. And I had to fight with my survey crews all the time because all of them wanted to go do the measurements because of the, the girls who were living in the apartment complexes that were going to be condos. <laughs> so they thought they might get a chance to talk to somebody, you know, it was just crazy. But yeah, but then absolutely the brand new ones as well that kind of come on their own. Right. But there was a lot we of in those days, a lot of conversions. Yeah, we, we do. We've done a number of conversions, uh, but we do a lot of what we call site condominiums now. It's, it looks exactly like a subdivision, exactly the same, but it's just a different ownership concept. You still have a lot, but that's that your unit is the lot itself. Uh, so it has every look and every feel like a subdivision. It just doesn't go through the subdivision process. Right. I, I think I've it's seen much quicker. It's actually land condominiums, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I know um, we got involved with the International Property, Manage uh, Property Measurement Standards Group a few years ago. And they've come up with some rules, international rules, for something that really hadn't occurred to me. And it's not about how you measure things. It's what you're measuring. Because from okay. one place to another, people might call different things by the same name. Sure, or, sure. You know, and so every time I look at, think about condos, I think about that is that I never really thought so much about Okay, exactly. What is it I'm measuring, not how I'm measuring it, and how might that exactly. impact somebody else? Right, right, absolutely. So, what are you thinking in terms of uh, moving ahead, in terms of not only NSPS but um, 
you and I were talking before the broadcast, the, the pandemic has caused a lot of upheaval, but, and I'm sure it's affected surveyors in a lot of ways, but as you were pointing out, a lot of people are still really busy. Yeah, that's what we've experienced here in Michigan and these meet, the meetings that we have, our officers meetings, our XCOM meetings, even our uh, spring meeting this year where we were talking to surveyors through the teleconference process. Uh, I don't see surveying really slowing, Has it hasn't really slowed down that much. We are having an exceptional year for us. Uh, our surveyors, we didn't stop a, maybe few days just to kind of get our act together and figure out how we could uh, safely work. But uh, it seems like every project that we were working on prior to the pandemic became a critical infrastructure project during the pandemic. So we, ne we never slowed down. Uh, and I don't see that, ha I don't really see a slowdown for the foreseeable future. Now that certainly there's a lot of things that can happen. We've got an election coming up this fall, which could have an effect on it, um, but uh, I think we're in a really good time right now. It's and it's a fun time to be a surveyor right now. The the technology that we have to work with, the versa, the variety of projects that we have to work on, it's a challenge every day when you come in to try to figure, just try to really grasp what this profession has to offer at this yeah, current I time. I remember being with you at conferences in different places. Uh, I, exhibit halls and all those kind of things when all of this mm -hmm. stuff was really starting to hit. Right. And I would, I would be with you and you'd be going, well, I need to go over here and see how this piece of equipment is going to serve my company. You know, that was kind of thing. And it was a really right. cool time because there were so many new things to try to adapt to. Right. I think it's been a great time to be a surveyor. My, for my lifetime from uh, uh, when I got out of college in 1985, or even the, the days in Alaska when we were, treated with some really new technology because we were working for the government. We really got some, had some nice equipment. The first forerunners of the total stations that we got to carry around through the frontier of Alaska. But getting back to a, a normal uh, uh, office environment, um, I started out pulling tapes and turning angles with uh, theodolites. That was, that was a, I was past the chain and transit era, but not a whole lot. It, basically, that was the same technology. Uh, to where we're at now, where we're using laser scanners. I've got my remote pilot's license, so I do surveys with my drone, which is awesome. Uh, the robotic instruments we have now have really revolutionized the things that we do. GPS, of course. I mean, there's it's just a, it's a wonderful tool. Uh, not a not a end all, a be all instrument, but a wonderful tool for certain applications. It's it's really been a wonderful time to be a professional surveyor. To see this growth, computers, what computers done for us is really, really cool. And I don't see that slowing down. I can't imagine what else they can invent, but I'm sure uh, I would have said the same thing 10 years ago. I remember thinking that the first time I ever saw a, a 3,800 distance, distance meter. <laughs> That's what I carried across Alaska. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. You tell me I got to wear that backpack thing just for measuring distances. You're crazy. Yeah. yeah, hauling those batteries up those steep hills and mountains where I grew up was not much fun. I'm sure it was the same for you. Exactly, exactly. And then I thought but it was cool then. The thing was the Beetle maybe, which was just a little bitty thing. that. Right. Of course, it had a different range and all that, but, but still. Right. 
but I, I, but I you really think for um, anybody who's listening to this show or anybody that's interested in surveying, hearing what you talk and, and comparing that to the way I've always felt about surveying, it's just so fun and cool to do. I mean, it's, it's, it's it like really is. you get to help people for something that's one of the top three or four things important in their life, right? That's right. And uh, have a lot of fun doing it at the same time and use right. cool equipment. So what else could anybody yeah. want, right? Well, that, that's exactly right. There's, I mean, there were, like we mentioned before, there were times in Alaska where I thought maybe I had chosen the wrong career because I was digging a latrine or risking my life, literally. But 99.99% of this job, it's like, I can't believe they're paying me to do this. This is this is fun. Whether it be in the office, working on projects in the office, or whether it be out in the field, there are times it's, I just can't believe people are going to pay me to do this. This is fun. It's really been awesome. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but one of the things I always loved was research. Because uh, to me, land is a parcel puzzle, right? And all it is a puzzle. Have to fit. And I, yeah. I thought research was the best thing. In my first job, I was actually right out of high school, between high school and college. And uh, I, I got assigned to go to the courthouse and do all the deed research for a new bypass around the city. I fell in love with research right there and then. It was so right. All, all you have to do, the first time you had that aha moment, when you find the document that solves the problem or answers, answers the question you've been searching for for a couple of days, then you're in. You're 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 fully into it. You you're um, you you know you're where you want to be. That you're absolutely right. It's a big logic puzzle. If you like logic puzzles, man, this is the place to be because we get to use some of the best technology to figure out this logic. We get to go down and search through ancient history to figure out this this puzzle, this logic puzzle. It's it's just really cool. I, I can't believe anybody uh, would want to do anything else other than surveying. I I agree. And and actually, one of the reasons I wanted to have this particular conversation with you was because I think sometimes people get the wrong idea about who their leadership is. You know, I could, I talked to Mark Sargent, who's our president now, and and, and all of the lots of people that are in in NSPS leadership for, at whatever level, or even at state, right. and and sometimes. I don't know why it is, but sometimes people look at that and say, oh, that's those guys and they don't really relate to us. But the truth is, you really, really do. Yeah, it's that's, that's and it's really a cool thing that um, whether I'm here in Michigan sitting in my office talking to a surveyor there or in last place, Orlando, talking to these surveyors from all across the country, we're all the same people. We love surveying. We're all actively doing surveying. There are some retirees that are in our ranks, of course, but um, not in our – none of our officers. Um, I imagine there's a few directors that are retired, but uh, all of our officers, we're all actively working and, and loving every bit of it. And uh, We certainly know what we're talking about when we're trying to answer the needs and the concerns of all of our members. It, it's – well, our concerns too. Right. That's exactly the point I was I was hoping to make is that when those decisions get made about the focus or the direction of the organization or whatever, those decisions are being made by people who are just like every other surveyor. Absolutely. 
And maybe your job Absolutely. is different. You work in a different state. You work on a different level. You know, I, I've been from hundreds of people in a corporation down to three or four crews. So, you know, it's right. a different environment, but but you're still the same. Absolutely. So I'm I'm eager and excited really about NSPS going forward. Um, of course, pretty much anybody who comes into leadership now is young to me. Okay. I'm yeah. who I am and as old as I am, but um, right. it's just so exciting to see people coming in and realizing, understanding that they're just exactly like I was at their age in terms of being directly involved in what's going on every day, but still feel that obligation or maybe not obligation so much as opportunity um, right. to be part of guiding the direction and supporting our, our profession through organization. Yeah, I think that uh, younger generation, that, that those are the people we really need. Uh, people that are our age, where we've been around the block a couple of times, uh, we understand the profession pretty well from our perspective. But our perspective isn't the only perspective. And the, the younger generation, they bring things forth that probably I, I, many of us would have never thought about partly because we're so ingrained in, in the way that we've done things over the years. Uh, but they're trying to come up with different procedures, different ideas, and come from a different mindset than what uh, maybe those of us in the uh, baby boom generation or the or whatever um, probably wouldn't come up with. And it's so refreshing to hear the concepts that they bring forth that when they – maybe um, – not nothing really, really any uh, complex situation, but something that's very simplistic yet very germane to the topic we're talking about. And it just like a light bulb goes on. Absolutely, that's what we got to do. Right, and uh, and it's so good that they they are willing to participate, and and that's that's what we need in our leadership moving right. forward because times change and people change, and just how to do everything, whether it's communicate with people the way it's done now. Mm -hmm. It's totally foreign to when I was first coming along. Right. And oh, that's that's the, true. The underlying principles, like we said, don't really change, but there's just different ways of doing things that young people are, have the opportunity to do now that, you know, some of us old people are even afraid to try. Right. Oh, yeah. It's When we talk about PR, it seems like always the first thing we bring forth, guys of our age, is that old trifold some sort of a trifold brochure that we can hand out. Well, the younger generation doesn't really care for those, but the platforms they want, and I'm not even sure what the, I don't understand maybe every, I, I know a little bit about Facebook, a little about email, all that stuff, but uh, there's something that seems like it comes out every, every year, some sort of a new multimedia platform that will be beneficial to us, uh, but we're not real familiar with it. Yeah, and all the so, more reason why we need that younger group Absolutely. Coming into our leadership, um, and I may have used this term before, but not as a victory lap after you've gone through all the seats in your society, but coming, yeah. you know, early on uh, because we need it desperately. As right. A profession, not just NSPS, but as a profession. Exactly. Yeah. We need people to say, well, why are you doing it that way? And we say, well, we've done it forever. Yeah, but why are you doing it that way now? We can do it this way. That 
that is very beneficial for our profession. And even down, I think, to the way you, the way, the phraseology, the the method in which you speak about things even is different. You're right. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, believe it or not, we've been at this for close to our 30 minutes, which is our typical length. Really? Uh, but I, I just was so excited about having you join me today because, uh, well, you got on that, that NSPS shirt. Our audience won't be able to see that. And, um, right. And for, for all the football fans, you're a Lions fan, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. I don't know what I'm going to do this fall if they don't play. Oh, yeah. That's going to be tough on a lot of people. That's for sure. Yep. Well, I'm I'm counting on you to continue your path in, in NSPS leadership, um, regardless of what form that takes. Uh, right. We, we need people who really are dedicated to the profession um, to provide whatever talents they have to help the profession itself. And the best way we can do that is, of course, through our organization. So right. uh, I appreciate your efforts in doing that and looking forward to watching you. I may be doing it from the sidelines here before long, but uh, I'll still I'll still be hanging around somewhere. But uh, uh, I'll be here. This is a great organization, whether I'm sitting up front or sitting out in the audience or sitting home listening what's going on. Uh, it's a, this is, it's almost like family. It is. These are just the opportunity to speak with you or the rest of the officers, directors. Uh, I've made some just tremendous friendships through this organization that I would have never made otherwise. Uh, and tremendous resources, people I can count on for uh, guidance in, in work or, uh, professionalism, whatever, they're, they're there, and they're just a great bunch of people to be working with. So I'll be here. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting you said that. Uh, back when we had areas, uh, directors and governors came from different areas, and the southeastern right. part of this country where I grew up was Area 3-4. Well, believe it or not, we still do Area 3-4 reunions from people who were involved when I first came in back in the late 80s, I guess it was, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, so it, you do build those lifelong relationships, that's for sure. Uh, we do. I'll admit there are some times when I have to get everything, stop working and then pack and travel someplace. It's an effort. But when I get there, I don't want to leave. Right. It's, it just, it's, it's just an absolutely tremendous opportunity to be part of this organization. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, I'll let you get back to slaving over whatever job you're doing today. And thanks for being Very good. And we'll be talking again soon, of course, through leadership. So I appreciate Very it. Very good. Thanks, Greg. My pleasure. Thank thanks, you. Kurt. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Surveyor Says podcast, brought to you by the National Society of Professional Surveyors. If you have any questions about today's episode or any other topic, please email us at info at nsps.us.com, and we are here to help. Visit our website, nsps.us.com, to learn more about our association, the programs we administer and support, our sustaining members, and information about future episodes of Surveyor Says. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.